Paula Maxwell was young and unmarried and found herself facing an unplanned pregnancy. It was a crisis situation, but she knew the choice she wanted to make would have long-lasting repercussions. For Paula, abortion was not an option, so she sought out the Council of Covenant Care Services in Macon and, with their help, made out an adoption plan for her child. In this episode of the Jewel Show podcast, Paula tells her story of being a birth mother, what that was like, and what has happened to her and her child in the decades since she chose adoption, and how she has now come full circle to serve the ministry of CSS as a client services coordinator. Can I just say right off the bat, Paula, I know we're going to be talking about some difficult things. You're going to have to be vulnerable, share things that maybe you've never shared before. And so for that, I want to say thank you for being willing. Well, thank you for having me. I think it's important that people in the community realize that, you know, there are stereotypes for women that have supposedly given their child up. And we don't use that term anymore because it's not, you're not giving your child up, you're making an alternate plan. And so that's what I like to think that I did is I made an alternate parenting plan for my child. For your child. Well, so if in case you missed it, the last episode of The Jewel Show, we had uh, Carol Gledhill. And she is your boss, I guess you would say. She is my boss. <laughs> okay. Um, Foreign Ministry, Covenant Care Services. And in the last episode, now go and listen to it if you haven't, but like, you know, then come back to this latest episode with Paula Maxwell. Um, but go give it a listen. It's a very unique um, angle or approach, would I say, Paula, towards yes. adoption. Because it is helping um, and it is loving on um, and and really changing the baby's life but also the mother's life and that's what i think is something that sets us apart is that um, covenant care cares about these women and we want to do things that will help change their life because what they're doing is definitely changing their life but we want to know that we want them to know that everybody sins and ultimately that's probably how you got in the situation that you were in um but you don't have to continue living the way that you are living or continue doing things that aren't right for you. And so we want to help these um, birth mothers realize that you can set goals and we can help you achieve those goals because we want to make you a better person as well as you've made this ultimate sacrifice and made this wonderful alternate parenting plan for your child. And so now we want to help you to become the best person that you can become. And there was something that really stood out to me, and I hate to keep referencing the last episode of The Joy Show since we're in the current one, but what really stood out to me is that when a mother calls you all and says, okay, I, I want um, and I need help, you say, welcome to the covenant family. Right. So it's not like, okay, the baby we've placed, okay, we're done. It is something that you embrace um, for the long haul, the journey. Right. Um, and then also it's the, the families who are adopting that you all have the lowest uh, rates for any adoption. Absolutely. And that what it's, it's usually two third of the adoption fees because of the fundraising, because you right. all are a nonprofit. Right. And there are grants now, like um, Carol said earlier, there are grants out there that people can apply for and get to help with the mm-hmm. cost of adoption. Now you have the great privilege of being the client coordinator for Covenant Care Services. But your experience with this ministry goes back 29 years, would I say? Yes. All right, so why don't you tell me your story? Where did where were you raised and what, what who are your people? That's the, that's what we say in the South. 
Um, I was raised in a small town uh, in Georgia. I went to a small private Christian school. Um, we Wait, went, so you're raised in a Christian home? I was. I was. Um, my parents got married in January, and in July, my dad had a car accident, which left him a quadriplegic. And so my mom was pregnant with me. I was born in September, and um, she took care of my dad for up until he passed away, which was 16 years ago this year. Um, I stayed with my grandparents some during the week and went home on the weekends when I, before I started school. So a loving family. Yes, very loving family, very supportive family. I was their miracle baby. Um, I was... A little spoiled, some people said, but but anyway. I'm sure you weren't. But, you know, I was very loved, raised in a very supportive Christian, loving family. And um, I remember in high school, I had a friend that ended up um, pregnant, and she had an abortion. What, you said in high school, what, what, do you remember what grade you were in? Uh, I think 11th grade, my junior year. So... I just remember thinking, I can never do that. And she said, you never know until you're in that situation. I said, but I always kept in my mind, I just, I can never do that because there's so many people that want children that can't have children. And, you know, here, here's this life um, that has been aborted. Um, so fast forward a few years and I was in college and I did find myself in that situation. And I told my parents, and with a reaction, like any parent, you know, where you have dreams and goals for your daughter, and this was not part of it. No, it was definitely not part of it. But um, they thought that I should have an abortion because I was their baby, and they wanted to do something to fix it quick and easy. Well, in um, the context, you're talking late '80s, early '90s, right? Right. And so tell us the culture of, of the Christian community at that time. There was a, a huge movement on pro-life. Well, and I think, in a sense, abortion was thought of as this is a quick fix. We can get it over with. Nobody will know. It'll be done, and we'll move on. And no repercussions. Right. Mm. But I knew that I couldn't do that. Um, and I went back to college, and I had a friend there, and we went to the Baptist Union, I think at the college, and I talked with a lady, and she knew somebody that knew somebody that knew Covenant Care. Wow. Mm -hmm. But it was like, just started. Right, right. So my friend, I talked with her, and so she said, you can come live with me. And I was like, what? So she went and called her mom and said, hey, mom, I just told somebody she could come live with you. And she said, you did what? <laughs> and my friend said, you would do it to save a life, wouldn't you? And her mom was like, well, yeah, I guess so. So we went to meet them. I went to meet them the next weekend. And, um, and she, was she connected with Covenant Care? She was just my friend. Mm-hmm. So I went and told my parents, I said, I know that you want me to have an abortion because you think that's what's best for me. And I said, I want what's best for my child and killing it isn't best. And that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done is stood up to my parents to say that, you know, this is about my child now. I know you want what's best for yours and you think this will be best for me, but 
it won't what because I reaction? won't be able to live with it. They just said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to live with my friend. And they said, you're doing what? So, and I mean, I could have stayed home, but I just, in a small town, I didn't want every time I went out somewhere, people talking, and I didn't want my parents to be put through that. I mean, I just, it sounds weird, but it's just, if you're from a small town, you understand. I'm from a small town, I got you. I'm picking up what you put so, down, but so did anyone from your small town know about that? I'm sure they did, yes. Rumors, yeah. Yes. That's another yes. small town yes. thing. People knew, I'm sure, but out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So, um, so I moved in with this family. My parents wrote me letters. This was back before cell phones. I know it's hard for some people out there so, to so believe letters that. is like a text message. Let me just talk to the younger yes. audience. It's like a text message. It just takes longer. Okay. Right. And trees are involved. Right. All right. So, and then you got plugged. How did you then get plugged into Covenant Care? Well, the friend um, that I had moved in with when we went to the Baptist Student Union, there was somebody there that knew somebody. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I met with someone. Um, they it was a client counselor. Um, they weren't called that at the time. But that's what we're called now. And I met with her, and we just talked through the process. And I do you think, remember anything that she said that helped that gave you hope that you could do it? I'm just her constantly writing to me and the scripture that she would write to me um just the meetings that we would have she was just a sweet sweet lady um and just i felt like she loved me and she cared about me and that really made it unique i mean i just i felt loved and um not that i didn't feel loved at at home but it was just i felt like this was somebody that i wasn't just a number and i wasn't just a person and she wasn't she just didn't want my baby and, and not just judge because you right. were a church kid right in a small town like you knew better but right right so i did go to church with this family that i moved in with they were wonderful they treated me like their child to this day i get messages from the dad that says hey angel with all these little hearts i love you i miss you and everything so um then i remember um just continuing to meet with my counselor um just talking through i remember the profiles then were so different than they are now i had three pieces of paper which i still have to this day (laughs) and i gave them to my daughter which is another story um your other daughter no the one that I made an adoption plan for oh wow yes so um anyway I had just like basically their age their height their weight hair color (laughs) things they like (laughs) yes things they liked and just you know hobbies um why they were adopting and there was just one page now we have booklets or that the families make. Um, and I remember picking one because they didn't have any children yet. And I wanted my baby to be special and to be a baby that they had longed to have and couldn't have. And so I think through the whole process, I just felt like God was using me as a vessel to give a child to someone that couldn't have a child. Um, and so I think I just had that in my mind, and that's kind of what helped me get through. Um, and when I was in the hospital and I had the baby, um, 
the preacher from the church that I was going to then came in and he just prayed. It was just the three of us. And he said, you're not turning her over to strangers. You're turning her over to God. Hmm. And I just remember that so vividly. I can see it now. Um, and that just made me feel so good. I thought, you know, if God can send his son to die on the cross for us, you know, I can turn my baby over to him mm. for him to bless somebody else. Um, so is it, was it hard? Yes. The hardest thing I've ever done. Do I still get emotional? Yes. I mean, I prayed for this child every day. I mean, every day afterwards, I prayed for my baby, you know, just that she was healthy and happy. And so um, probably a year and a half ago, I got a phone call uh, at 10 o'clock. My house phone rang, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow, you have a house phone? Yes, yes. Another? Just, we had that just for I'm internet purposes and something. Anyway, so we don't ever answer it or anything. And it but 10 o'clock at night or morning? Ever. We don't ever answer oh, I just it. But it rang at 10 o'clock at night. Okay, that's what I was, and wow, I was like, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Telemarketers. Telemarketers, sure. And then my cell phone rang, and I was like, really? They're calling my cell phone now? So I answered the phone, and someone said, did you, is this Paula Maxwell? Yes. Who is this? What do you want? It's what 10 do you want me to buy? Yeah. It's 10 o'clock at night. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes, this is me. And so she said, did you give a child up for adoption? 20 you know, something years ago and I said uh-huh. and so she said mm-hmm. I'm a friend of hers and I said and the first thing she heard me say was what do you want it's 10 o'clock at night you know because <laughs> yeah. I was just you didn't had pictured it. this for so long in my mind and played it out how it would happen and that wasn't it <laughs> so we talked for hours and you you and the the friend or you and the, the well the friend said she's on the line and so she said i'm going to hang up so you can so she put that buffer you, between right just. right and so my daughter couldn't talk so she said she's going to call you back so she hung up because she was just emotional. so emotional and so then she called me back and we talked for hours and then we've talked pretty much every day since then and we just have a wonderful relationship have you met her i have yes we all went she's got two children our, the whole family went on a Disney cruise last year. Wow. I mean, it's just crazy. But I think it's the way that her parents talked to her when she was growing up and let her know that I loved her so much is why I did what I did. You know, I, I met them as well. And um, so they had a necklace that she bought for me when she was three or four years old. Wow. So they gave that to me. Um, but I got pictures of her for the first year. Things are different now. They weren't quite as open then yeah. as they are now. So I got pictures up until the first year, and I just remember getting them and just cherish, you know, cherishing those pictures and seeing the smile on her face and knowing, you know, she's loved, she's happy. More of Jules' interview with Paula Maxwell is coming up in thirty seconds on the Jules Show podcast. On the latest episode of the Finding Joy podcast, we go toe-to-toe with the extreme machine, the gospel gladiator, Ebo Elder. (laughs) Wow, that escalated quickly. (laughs) Ebo is a former professional boxer, speaker, and he's just released an autobiography called The Great Comeback. Hear our conversation on the Finding Joy podcast. Find it online at thejoyfm.com or anywhere you subscribe to Find Podcasts. You prayed every single day for this child. How did you see God answer it when you finally met her and you finally talked to her? 
I mean, it was just so overwhelming. Um, just, I was nervous because I didn't know what she would think about me and, you know, would she like me? And, um, but then we met and it was just an instant connection. Um, and she said that it was almost like I filled a void that she had, not that she wasn't happy, but it was just a void she didn't know she had until she met me. Um, and so it's just, but you had to wait a long time to I see did. the promises of God. I did. But now with the openness, you people have Instagram accounts that are private, and they can see what the children are doing. But you didn't have that. And I so didn't you just have had to that. Trust God. Right. I'm going to pray for this child. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I just prayed for her every night. And, um, wow. And now you talk to her every day. Yes. It's wonderful. I'm, and but, you have grandchildren. Yes. <laughs> yes. So then I had to tell my children that I have now, Mama's not perfect. You know, Mama made mistakes too. And so I used that as a teaching tool to say, just because I made those mistakes doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing. Um, because my daughter said, I said, you seem upset or disappointed. She said, I'm just a little disappointed that you didn't wait until you were married. And it was just like somebody had stabbed me, you know? And I said, I know, but just because I didn't do that doesn't mean that you don't have to do that. And so, you know, we just use that to kind of talk about how important it is, you know, with our faith and everything that you wait until it's with the right person. You know, and that it under God's plan, exactly like his, his perfect plan, right? And now, full circle, you were one actually one of the first women, not the first, but one of the first women, right, to place their baby through covenant care services. And now you are the client coordinator. It's like full circle again. It is. It is. Well, I always thought that I wanted to do something to use my experience and to make a difference in somebody else's life and save just if I could just save one baby's life you know I always thought but then this opportunity came up and now I got a call the other day and I was able to say it was a it was a girl that was in college and I was able to say that sounds just like me 30 years ago and so she you know it just kind of made that connection all circumstances are different that doesn't mean that I know exactly what you're going through but I can say I have found myself in a situation that wasn't the perfect situation and you know covenant care was able to help me through that situation and I would love to be able to help you through it as well um so you see and God use your story in the lives yes. of now these other moms yes yes so it's it's I don't know, some days it's just overwhelming and all the emotions come back when I talk to these clients because I remember how hard it was. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not you just go to the hospital, okay, and then you leave and you go home and you're like, okay, well, I've done that and now let me get on with my life. I mean, there's a, it's hard. It's really hard. I struggled. Um, Is it always something that it will be? part of your journey I mean that that struggle is that always just like kind of a I think that was some that was the hardest decision that I've ever made in my life but I know it was the right decision um but that doesn't make it any easier and I still 
even though I have met my daughter and I know she's okay, just when I listen to these clients talk about their stories and when I see, when I saw my first placement this past Friday and I saw the adoptive couple hold their baby for the first time, Mm -hmm. I thought back to how the couple that I place with, how they must have felt which I've talked to them now, and I know, but still, just seeing that, see that, that must have been how they felt. But just knowing that I was able to give somebody something that they couldn't have. You know, I was able to provide a child for someone, and now that I'm a mother of children that I'm parenting, um, just I know how much that means. Well, and it's just like God. God's in the process, and He's in the business of redeeming our stories. So it didn't just end. I was in college, I got pregnant, out of wedlock. That's the end. Like He redeemed that story. Right. And he continues to this day at right. your age now, twenty nine years later, of redeeming this story over right. and over again every day. Right, and it just you know I'm just reminded every day that I did make the right decision, and my daughter told me, "Thank you for giving me life." Mm. Well, and Paula, um, we can fast forward and and tell people the story, um, how you know you, you are married and you have more children than just the one, you, right? You know, and now God's using this in your life by working, you know, at Covenant Care Services as a client coordinator. But would you maybe spend the last few minutes we have together to talk to that listener who? Um, who's not, you know, there yet, Mm -hmm. but they're in that journey and that storm. What would you say to her? I would just say, you're not alone. There are so many of us that have been there and God loves you. And just because things haven't worked out the way that you thought they would, he has a plan for you. And if you reach out to someone, not not necessarily us, but just reach out to someone and talk with them. And, you know, we would be glad to talk with you, not to make a decision for you, but just to help you make the decision that is best for you and your child. Um, It's ultimately your decision, um, not your parents, not your grandparents, not your aunts, uncles, friends, whatever, because they're not going to be the ones that are there actually living it. It's you. And so I think it's you have got to find what's best for you and what you're going to be able to live with. And I, I love you. I've been there. And just pray because God will lead you in the right direction. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Jewel Show Podcast. You can learn more about Covenant Care Services and their incredible ministry at covenantcareadoptions.com. An archive of The Jewel Show Podcast can be found at thejoyfm.com and wherever fine podcasts are hosted.